Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. Hello. I am so excited. I'm always excited to talk to y'all. Y'all know it, right? I get even more excited when I have a guest. And so today is one of those days. And I like my guests even more when they're my clients or former clients. And I have one here today, another dynamic badass. And she's also a coach, y'all. You're going to hear it. It's going to come through and you're going to be like, wow, she's amazing. Because she is like, When she reached out to me, it was one of those times like we had talked. She didn't notice. She didn't notice at all. So I'm sure like she's going to be laughing and everything. But we had talked and exchanged like some kind of conversations through Facebook. And my thought was, oh, my God, I want to work with her. It was because I knew her breakthrough was there and I already saw I like knew where I could help her. I totally saw it. And so sure enough, when she reached out, I was like, yes, it's like, there's a part of me that's always like, when I hear people and I'm like, I see their capabilities and I just want their brain. I was like, can you just give me your brain for like six months? That's all I want. And so just to help them navigate through their blocks, because that's what I'm good at. So I love saying that I'm the force behind forces and she is a force to be reckoned with. I'm going to let Miss Jennifer Moore introduce herself to you. Welcome to the podcast, Jennifer. (laughs) Thank you. It is so good to be here. I'm Jennifer Moore. I am a coach for Christian coaches and executives. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm really passionate about. I'm helping women, Christian women that are responsible for something that they are not responsible for and knowing how we are attached to it and how we're not attached to it. And it's just, it's a beautiful place to be. Totally. So like, let's go back way, way back. I feel like I've known you forever. First of all, I can't believe that six months went by so fast and it felt like we were kindred spirits. Like I knew, like, I'm like, yeah, it was so magical coaching you. Cause I could just see your breakthroughs. And I was like, oh, it was such a great thing, but why'd you reach out? Yeah. So for me at the time, it was really about, oh yeah, there's okay. There's two parts. Mm-hmm. The first part at the time was, I know I have things I need to work on. I know my self-concept is not really it's it's out of whack right like i'm mm-hmm. not seeing myself for who i really am i'm not owning all of who i am and i wanted to also invest in myself i wanted that experience of investing in myself being a coach i wanted to be on the other side of that for a one-on-one coach right right the other thing that i know now looking back at it was what i really wanted and this is so profound to me is i wanted a coach like me, right? Mm -hmm. And it's so cool because in many ways you were that. And in the ways that you weren't, it uncovered that I am what I wanted. 
as a coach, like all of the breakthroughs, all of like, this is where we go. And really discovering and uncovering this niche has been through our work together. So you gave me what I wanted, but you also gave me the contrast to help me discover like, oh, what I wanted this entire time was me, was to be like revealed for sure. So yeah. Totally. Right. It's like giving you permission to just be yourself. Yes, absolutely. Right. That was it. Yeah. Cause like I see my coaches and I love my coaches. I have several and I also go like, but I would do it this way. I would do it differently. And of course, right. It's like, and it helps you see your value, right? Yes. Yes. That part. And I didn't know at the time, like I knew that's what I wanted, but at the time I couldn't articulate it like that. And now looking back, it's like, oh, she really helped me to see like all of it, right? Like what I wanted to glean, because I was attracted to that, right? And that's why I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is, this is Brig, but there was also like, but I wanted me. And so to be able to have the space to be in all of it, and it also reveal like, this is me as a coach was magical. And then I look back and I'm like, oh, that thing that I wanted, I got, it's just, I didn't get it how I thought I was going to get it, which is, (laughs) which is fun. (laughs) So good. Right. Cause I wasn't like, I wasn't never supposed to be a you. So yeah, I was supposed to be a me. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That's so good. Okay. (laughs) And that's, that's the realization, right? Like Mm -hmm. the realization is like, if I'm waiting for her to be me, mm-hmm. then I don't have to show up. Right. And so uh, your coaching revealed all of that. Like it was magical in that way. So, yeah. Okay. So what was your major transformation? Just give us a couple, mm-hmm. if you had any. Okay. <laughs> you notice so, I said, if you had any, like, yeah, right. <laughs> girl, please girl. Okay. So Where do I begin? I know the very, the big one was just seeing that everything is an option. Mm -hmm. And because everything is an option, I get to choose whatever I want. And not just from like, oh, I get to choose what to do, but like, I get to choose what to think. I get to choose what to believe. I get to choose what to feel. And as long as I'm waiting for the choice to be made for me. I am relinquishing my power. And I'm like in a holding pattern because I kept waiting for like, well, when am I going to just be inspired or when am I going to know when this is going to like come upon me to be ready to do this? But it's like, you just get to decide. That was the big thing. It was, I was thinking about this earlier, like I didn't realize I was like baking cookies and being like, where is these cookies coming from? Where are all these? Like thought that's how thoughts are, right? Like we're just like baking cookies, but like also wondering where the cookies are coming from. And what you did was like, girl is you, you're making all the cookies. You got sugar cookies over here. Like, and I think with thought work before you, like I realized like, oh, I can, I can change my thoughts. I can choose my thoughts. Mm -hmm. You helped me to, to take it. Like I realized I was making the sugar cookies. I didn't realize I was making the chocolate chip. Like I would, I didn't realize I was making this, all the interpretations, mm-hmm. even from the past. And you'd be like, you know, that's optional, right? And I'd be like, what? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. I'm making that mm-hmm. too. Like I'm choosing that too. So just revealing that was probably the biggest breakthrough. And not just knowing it intellectually, but really like experiencing that 
within the coaching session, but also like, this is it showing up in my life and being able to practice it in the moment. Right. That was the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how with you, like we went back and uncovered some stories and then reframed Mm -hmm. them and you got so much power out of that. I think what you were saying is like, I gave you permission to be the creator. Yes. Yes, totally. Because I thought that the story or the narrative was static. I thought it was concrete. I thought it was like, here you go. This is what happened. And this is the only way to look at it. And to be like, oh, wait a minute. No, I get to reframe that. I get to you. Like everything is my resource. Everything Mm -hmm. works for my good. I can take any experience and think about it in a way that fuels me and propels me and serves me in serving. Right. I remember when there was one time where we were coaching and we both just took a moment and you was like, I cannot unsee that. Like there were some things it was like, oh, I get it. Like I cannot see that. What's the value of coaching now Mm. that you see it, like that you've experienced the one-on-one as opposed to like listening to podcasts, doing your own studies, Mm. doing your own self-coaching? Why is it that you couldn't see that, like you saw that more clearly through the experience of our coaching. Yeah. I think that there's some things, and I think it's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. that you can't see. Cause it's like, this is my back. It's my back. Right. But I can't see it. I need someone else mm-hmm. to show me this thing mm-hmm. and they can tell me about it. You know, you, and I think having that experience one-on-one for someone to come alongside of you to say, this is here. And because there's an element of like, yeah, I understand it. I get it. But when someone has like come alongside of you to just kind of walk it out of, but that's still a thought, but that's still a belief, but you can choose this or there's grace here, or how are you interpreting your doubt? Like I'm one of those people that will intellectualize and conceptualize and Mm -hmm. I'll read all the books. I'll do all the research. Like I know, I know this. And that thinking that I know prevents me from experiencing in a way as if like coming from not knowing it, Mm -hmm. like coming into knowing it with a coach. It's just a different experience. It gives you that moment of clarity because you're actually looking at a real situation too of this is what's happening, real life, real talk in my life. And this is how I'm interpreting it. You slowed me down a lot in our sessions of like, cause I'd be ready to just, I know the right answer. I know the textbook answer. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Come on right on back. Like, Mm -hmm. let's really look at your thinking here. And sometimes I would rush over things. Now thinking about it, it probably was an indicator to you that I, (laughs) like I was trying to get out of it. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, wait a minute, <laughs> because I knew this is the right answer or that's the wrong answer, quote unquote. Right. But to come back and be like, well, why do you think that's the right answer? Have you really ingested and assimilated that you still get to choose here? Yeah, yeah, totally. I love slowing my clients down so that they understand mm. that they are literally creating their reality and just checking in and seeing like, Are you just surface level understanding it or do you know it in your bones, your ability to create how you can really have ownership on, as you said, like how I feel, how I think, what I do, that ownership, that self-mastery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. Totally. 
<laughs> I think I learned that from you. Totally. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. So I think we already talked about like your biggest breakthrough, but I think as black women, mm. we don't have the exposure to coaching. What did you think coaching was as opposed to what it really is? And as a black woman, how does, how has coaching helped you? What's the value? Mm. Yeah. So I had this notion that coaching was going to be you telling me what was right and wrong, mm. right? Like that's not the right answer. And I knew I didn't want to be coached on the action line. Like I knew mm. I wanted it to be on the thought line, on the belief line, which is what Why you not? beautifully, but like. Why not? Why didn't you want to be coached on the action line? Because I'm a high achiever. I can get it done. Like I can do all the things. I can be productive, right? Right. And I created a lot of results taking action without really taking ownership of the thought that created that action. Mm -hmm. So I could own the action, but I wasn't owning that like I'm totally creating even the space to take action in that way. Mm -hmm. So I wanted it to be deeper around my thoughts and my beliefs because that's my control center. So. I knew I wanted that, but I still had this expectation that you would tell me this is a right thought. This is a wrong thought. <laughs> this is a good thought. This is a bad thought. This is a negative. Like I, I was expecting that to be coaching. And what you showed me was like, you are at a buffet. What do you want to choose? First of all, you can choose. And mm. also understanding the awareness and having the self-acceptance while looking at everything. Because I think when I came in it, that's why I wanted right and wrong because I hadn't accepted that I'm, this is my thought right now. This is my unconditional model. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. I was so busy thinking that was wrong or bad. And I was thinking a coach was going to come in and help me see like you're thinking badly or rightly or wrongly instead of how do you accept the you that has this kind of thought? Mm, yeah. Because they're not going to stop. <laughs> Right? I would be like, no, they're not going to stop coming. They're not stopping. (laughs) Totally. And I think like self-acceptance for us as Black women, especially, is huge because we're always on that A-line, on that hamster wheel, trying to prove our worth, hustle for our worthiness, trying to like by our actions, make people think and feel certain ways about us, which we really can't do. But Mm -mm. we've been taught that we can, and that's our responsibility. It is, it is absolutely taught that it's our responsibility. And, and the thing about that too, is in many ways, there's a lot of evidence, like not just in my life, but historically mm-hmm. of, if you look the wrong way, right. if you sound uppity, if someone thinks you're not acting in your place or in your role, that could be dangerous to your entire life. So our conditioning goes back to thousands of years of our limbic and our lower brain and our lizard brain. There's a cave like experience that my grandparents had, that my parents had. That was the conditioning bed. So them saying, hey, make sure you say yes, ma'am and no, sir. And make sure you you make them think what they need to think to keep you safe. And so we've given that over. So coaching is like, okay. If I could, all of that's true. All of that may still exist systemically and all of that, but that still isn't going to create the safety that I was created to have and experience. Only I can create that. Right. Right. With self-acceptance, right? Yeah, Yeah. totally. 
Totally. With self-acceptance and this like ownership of like, no, but your safety comes from you. Like always, always. And we have control over that. And like, I wasn't going to bullshit you and say like, Mm -hmm. no, that's not true. Like, yeah, that's just a thought. No, these things are true. These things have happened and it did serve us. Yeah. Also, when we understand like epigenetics, because, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a geek on that. Yes. Yes. Let's do it. go right so when we understand the environment to which our cells our neurology is formed in the utero of our mothers and mothers and mothers and mothers like yes I think we're upregulated by the environment of stress you know fight flight from our mothers or whatever to where we are like looking on the outlook for safety because we're upregulated to do that because of our epigenetics, because of our history. Yes, that part, that part. And owning that and recognizing that I still have a choice, but this is still a very real, because I think that's one of the barriers to us doing what we really want to do. And we wonder why, like, we hit the blockages and the obstacles that we hit because we're like, oh, I should just be able to change my thought and walk on in there. And it's like my conditioned responses are a little different and they're a little recent. You know, my parents experienced things. I've experienced things. I know you've experienced things. So this trigger isn't coming out of out of something that I just kind of created. It's coming mm-hmm. out of lived experience that to your point comes from the epigenetic, you know, passing of here's your trigger, here's your response. It's like kind of hotwired in us. Right. And I I think that if we can own that to own like, all right, when I overcome this, I'm overcoming my conditioning in this way to demonstrate something to myself, to the future, but also to the past of like, this is how far we've come. Yes, totally. Right. Not only is it epigenetic, but I think it was like, it was modeled for us too. I remember going Mm -hmm. to the grocery store or whatever and seeing a white child have a tantrum and mama looking at me like, you can't do that. Don't you? (laughs) Like there was some things like you just like, it was modeled to us too. Like we had to be the perfect exemplary model, because if not, we were no longer stealth. (laughs) And if we're not stealth, there's danger, right? Yes. That's so good. That reminds me of Dr. Joy DeGruz wrote with post-traumatic slave syndrome. we've We've seen how this plays out. And you can grow up and think like, my mom was just hard or it's just a, you know, a black mama thing. But really it was like, she was programmed and conditioned because her grandmother was programmed and conditioned right. to keep you safe, safe, to keep you under the radar because it could very well threaten your life. Knowing where that comes from, it's like, I don't want that to be lost on me, right? Like I want to own all of that. Right. And also still know that I can choose, but recognizing that this is where this come from and it has been modeled and I just picked it up and it's just kind of my default. And I would very quickly pass that on to my kids. Right. And right. it's like, this is where I get to choose not to. Yeah, totally. So that's for me is like why self-acceptance was huge is like, 
Mm-hmm. When you're operating at a DEFCON 10, nothing's wrong. Let's figure out why. Explore all the conditioning, bring that all in. Like you're not crazy. You're not desperate. You're not weak. Yeah. You're not all the things that we say as high achieving women, like when we can't get ourselves to move, it's like to understand this conditioning, these internalized biases, these mm-hmm. are what's keeping you stuck and let's address them. And by accepting you there. Yeah. And moving on. Like it's not a boogeyman. Mm. Yeah. Because I think we'll come up with all sorts of narratives of why not. Mine was something is wrong with me. And I remember you telling me, I will never forget this moment. And you said my name, Mm -hmm. you said, there is nothing wrong with you, Jennifer. Mm. And it was like, I don't hear that. Often, I don't tell myself that I wasn't told that I didn't know how much I needed to hear that until you said it, because it right. just kind of allowed something to just be settled in me. Yeah. And but you're right, because we'll come up with, oh, well, I'm lazy or something's wrong with me. I'm not good enough. We'll make up a, a narrative to explain something that has another explanation that it's like, oh, oh, this is why. It's like, it's not because something's wrong. Take yourself off the hook for all these other stories that aren't even true. Right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Especially with like taking up space. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You want to talk about that? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yes. I take up so much more space now. (laughs) Love it. Take up all the space, queen. In spaces that I didn't realize I was shrinking and shrinking back, like Target. Mm. Like I'm anticipating everybody's move in Target so I can make sure I'm out their way. Because I'm not really supposed to be here. I really shouldn't have this money to spend in Target. Like, I, you know, like I, I mm-hmm. like all of the should is like, I don't belong here. And I don't want someone to think that I'm just an angry black woman in the Target. I don't want someone to think I'm rude. I don't want... And so to watch yourself, like, especially when the awareness comes in to watch how much energy I would put in navigating target, not even talking about work, not talking about corporate, not talking about all those other like spaces, but just like the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, excuse me. Like, and trying to anticipate everyone's needs as if I'm responsible for them. So when the switch started to flip, was like, okay, I don't need <laughs> to micromanage everyone's experience of me. Right. Yes. It's not my job. I can't anyways, and it's not my job. And how much more do I get back when I'm able to let that? That's how we create time. That's mm-hmm. how we create energy. Because if I'm no longer worried about what shopper A <laughs> is thinking about me and the target then how much more energy do I have to focus on what I came here to do? Maybe that'll take 30 minutes off of my trip. And then compounding that across like shopping, but my home life and then work and then business. And it's like, how much time can I create and regenerate Mm -hmm. because I'm not over and hyper-focused on something I can't control anyways to have this illusion of safety? Right. Totally. I love it. I couldn't have said it any better. (laughs) I think we did a good job. (laughs) Forget it. And you know what's so funny about about coaching 
my clients, especially because like I have no problem with saying they are smarter, more Mm. like everything. I would see you and I coach on something and like we work really hard and like all the details and then Mm. your ass would go do a live and take whatever we just did. And 10 times that I was like, wow, that's amazing. But that's the power of coaching, right? It's like, all we did was coach together and open you up to your creativity. And when you unlocked your creativity, I was like, damn, yes. Which is what I was seeing when I was like, I just want her to work with me for just six months. Because I saw that. But just watching you like... We would coach on something and then you would take it and then do a 30 minute live on that one thing. We, I was like, yes, so amazing. <laughs> so, so yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cause it's like, you don't realize how blocked you mm-hmm. are, like how much we block our creative flow until you get your, your mind managed <laughs> right? and your hair done. And you're like, okay, yeah, let's go to work. Yeah, let's get let's it go. done. Bam, done. Yeah. Let's go. But you're so right. Like all the energy we spend trying to manage other people's models. Mm. I'm like, just give it up. Literally, just give it up. It's give a up part time husbands, job. give up kids, give up the people at the church, give up the people at the work, like give up the people at the cashier, like give up everybody's models. Mm. And I know people are like, but Brick, I'm like, no, like we exhaust ourselves. I want us to create, yes. not because I'm trying to, create a thought and a feeling inside of you that's out of scarcity and fear and obligation Mm. which ends up to resentment despondency and overwhelm and burnout like i think there's such a thing as black burnout like like literally right like i'm literally like no if anybody was going to ask me what i coach on i'm like literally i coach on black burnout (laughs) Mm, that's so good that's right? so, and it's not what we think it is. It's not what we think it is. But if I was to say I coach on black burnout, no one would understand it. But it's like, even though I am reading Mary Frances Winter's Black Fatigue book, which mm-hmm. I love, but like, yeah, it's like, but combining that with thought work is like mm-hmm. the thing. It's like understanding it and then providing solutions and then coaching on the internalized biases. Like why? Is that coming up? Why does that email that your boss sent you creates Mm. like this? You go from zero to 10, like, oh my God, like such and such, like, and what is that? Like, why is it when your husband says this thing? Or why is it when your child says this thing? All of it and understanding it all. Yeah. Yeah. And how it, like you were saying, it's creating this block that we don't even know. Mm -hmm. I have watched myself take 30 minutes to write a two minute email. Right. Like right. what? And then like, wait a minute. Um, I'm not even proofreading it for typos and errors and commas. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. proofreading it to micromanage someone else's thinking about me in this email. And the email right. is the release will be available on such and such a date. And <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's not even five sentences, signature, right. we're done. Right? right. And I am trying to impress. I'm trying to accommodate and one thing that I thought about is kind of like, I think women do it, but mm-hmm. every intersection that we have, we do it at yes. another level. So black totally. women have an intersection that we do mm-hmm. this at, but I'm calling it like woman-splaining. Like mm-hmm. we got mansplaining, we know what that is, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. woman-splaining is I'm trying to articulate a message, but I'm trying to also articulate that I'm good, that mm. I'm kind, that mm. I'm smart, mm. that I should be here. 
all these other things in the mess in the message of pick me up at two. I'm trying to also communicate. I'm safe. I'm a safe person. I'm not a danger to you so that I won't be in danger. Oh, so good. Right. All of that. It's exhausting. It is totally. And I think we do it so eloquently (laughs) that we don't even understand the energy in which we do it at. Yes. And when we wake up to that, go ahead. Yeah. That's what you, what you're about to say. I feel like Mm -hmm. it's right. there. Like, because what coaching, self-coaching mind self work does is like, okay, let's not spend that energy there. I don't have any control there. Let's give them people back their models. Right. And what you're able to then do with that energy, mm-hmm. that yeah. our capacity, like we talked about this in one of our sessions, mm-hmm. like my capacity, I'm thinking I'm at my 10. I'm thinking I'm at, I'm at my limit. And it's like, mm-hmm. what if you're not? Mm-hmm. What if this is misplaced capacity? And so it feels like a 10, but really you operating at it. Like you have so much more. Right. Like I remember doing a consult with a woman and she was a black woman and her major things that she was fighting against was color of her skin. She was dark skin. Mm. The fact that she was over 50 and the fact that her ass was flat. And I was like, honey, Now, one of them we could have done something with, like she could go get a Brazilian butt. And when I asked her, I know we laugh, but like that is the world in which we are conditioned, like dark skin Mm. over light skin, youth over age, a big ass for a black woman as opposed to a flat ass. Right. And those were things like she could not control. I was like, how much of your time is spent on that? Mm. And she said, 80%. I was like, 80% of your energy is spent on something that you cannot change. Mm. It's like the door is padlocked, double bolted, bolted, welded shut. And your ass is there with your bare hands trying to shake it loose. Right. As opposed to like walking down the hallway, going through the door that all you have to do is just turn the knob. That's what coaching does. It shares Mm -hmm. and it shows you all the boats on this. Like, that's what I think it does for black women. It's like, it, Mm -hmm. it takes our power back. I understand now I've been trying to, I've been through epigenetics, through modeling, through all the things that we've said that you've so eloquently said that we can give all of that back to them. That's my whole goal Mm -hmm. is give all Mm -hmm. of it back to them. Let's get out of black burnout. Let's take all our energy back and go create. Because I honestly think that when we just start creating, the world is going to be so much better. Yes, because in our trying to get into the bolted door, that doesn't, it's not even a door. It's like an outline of a door. It's like, not even, not getting in this way. Right. We are accommodating the system. Yes. We become participants of it. Yeah. And when we take that back to say, you know what, take your model, take your thoughts, take your assumptions, take Mm -hmm. your bias. That's for you to figure out because it says more about you than me anyways. Right. And let me go over here and build my own table and my chairs to go with it. Yes. What would we create? And I feel like that's what our society needs from us. Our society doesn't need us to, and this may go the wrong way, but our society doesn't need for black people to have white allies. 
No. In the sense of what we need to do is take the leadership role of that to say, mm-hmm. I'm going to go over here and create based on knowing and knowing and accepting and affirming who I know myself to be yeah. instead of trying to control who you think I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I totally believe that if it wasn't for our white allies, like we, there were some things like, especially back in underground that we really needed. Mm. I just think you're right. Like at this time, the person who needs to see my worth is me. Come on. That's it. Like, that's it. I can give up. I Come can, on. You know, I'm getting ready to say it. I can give up. I know you're getting ready to say it. <laughs> For me, give a rat's. I can give a rat's ass, like black men too, because we hadn't even talked about the patriarchy, right? Mm. Like white supremacy, patriarchy, all of the fat phobia, ageism, ableism, all of it. The more marginalized you are, or we are, then the more we're like hooked into that. I have to for safety and security. And so for me, let's take it to coaching because I know you work with coaches, right? You work with black Christian coaches. For me, this is how I came up with this niche because I'm sitting in these rooms and I'm a black coach and I'm amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at my other fellow black coaches and we're amazing, but we ain't making no money. (laughs) But counterparts are like, I had a $50,000 week. I had it. And I'm looking at them like, what the fuck? What is it? (laughs) What is it? Like, what is it? Like, I literally just kept saying, what is it? Because I like I'm talking Mm. to us. We talking like we got some sense. I talk to them. They sound the same. It's not like they're more dynamic. So I was like, what is it? And it can't be the answer because this is what we do as black coaches for sure. We go to, okay, our people don't want to buy. They don't want to spend money. Mm. That's not it. That's not Not it. it. It's not not it. it. So what is it then? Because it's so easy for us to go that our people don't invest in us. Like we're, we're listening to the same bullshit that social media, that society tells us about our people. I'm like, that's bullshit. I reject all of that. Yeah. All of that. Right. We do invest. Like we outnumber everybody as far as education, careers and everything. So that's not true. We spend money. We spend money. So I was like, so what is it? And for me, it was like, oh, like you said, that email, you spent 30 minutes on three lines trying to manage what they thought. Am I good enough? Like all of that in one thing. Like I coach my clients all the time. Some of them, half of my clients are coaches, half of them are other things, but they are like, their website has to be perfect. The pictures have to be perfect. They can't have a misspelled word. Now I know they don't look, look at my stuff because half the times I will leave out a word <laughs> on purpose Mis- and mispronounce something <laughs> on purpose and like, and not like whatever. It's like, right, right. we're so like so much of our energy that we could do into just being our authentic self and allowing people like you were become attracted to us. We're trying to manage. Yeah. That's so good. What came to mind when you were talking is when Maxine Walter said, reclaiming my time. Mm. And we were in a uproar, but like, yes, like granted it's, you know, legislators jargon, right? But right. we took that to mean something different. 
But I think like understanding the value that Mm -hmm. comes when we have the capacity, know how to reclaim our time. Because reclaiming my time isn't just stop doing all the things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes we overcorrect, like, well, I'm going to put up boundaries. I'm going to tell them no. But it's the other side of the same coin because we're still trying to micromanage something that we don't have necessarily have control over. So really reclaiming our time is reclaiming our mind and knowing the value of that, knowing that the very thing that we're trying to create as Black people, the very thing that we're trying to change in ourselves and our communities starts with, thank you very much. I'll be taking back my brain. I'll be taking back my time. I'll be taking back my resources and my resourcefulness. Like I'm not going to relinquish that to anybody else for any reason, for the illusion of control, right? for the illusion of controlling my security. So I think Black people, for one, and women understanding the value, like, what am I getting in return? Like, I'm getting coached. What am I getting, right? And I think the answer is, it's not what you're going to get, it's what you're going to create. Ooh, that's so good, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like when people don't want to invest with me, I'm like, I already know, like whatever I charge, you're going to create in this world so much more from a freed mind, like totally. Yes. And I was listening to Stacey Bayman's podcast the other day talking about emotional debt. And I'm like, oh my God, right? Our emotional debt, like we're so worried about not spending money and going into money debt, right? Or like financial or whatever, like getting all our finances lined up that we don't see the emotional debt. We are bankrupt when it comes to emotional Mm -hmm. debt, especially if we're unknowingly, unconsciously internalized, oppressed, trying to run other people's Mm -hmm. thoughts, feelings, and action towards us, right? That's like the biggest emotional debt ever. And I think that is fucking freedom. It's like the revolution. It's like the new revolution to me is personal. (laughs) Yes, it has to be. It has to be. Totally. It has to be. Like I am a revolutionary, right? Like me. Because as long as I'm waiting for somebody else to show up, Mm. that goes back into me needing to control somebody. Yes. If I need for someone else to show up, if I need for someone else to lead the way, if I need someone to do this and do that, then that puts me back in needing to control that circumstance that gets me back in. So it's like, absolutely. I will be the one. Mm -hmm. I'll be the one. But the need to control is simply because we want to feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. And that feeling is always available to us. Yes. And I love sufficiency. Like what you're describing is sufficiency. Mm. And in a world that tells black women, especially they are not enough. I think it's our job as coaches. It is our imperative as, as coaches that work with black women specifically that we teach our clients their sufficiency. If I don't give, if I don't give my clients anything else, my goal is to give them back their power to create their sufficiency. Mm. They are enough because all of those actions that you were talking about earlier, all the actions, 
it matters what the actions are. You can do the same actions with completely different feelings. One leads to burnt out and one leads to bitterness. Yes. So it's not the actions that we're talking about here. If you guys are listening, it's not like dotting every I, crossing every T or whatever, any of that. It's like, yeah, you want to show up in a way that supports and like, you know, represents you in a way. Yeah, but it's the feeling that you have when you're doing it. Mm-hmm. One leads to burnout, one leads to bitterness, and one leads to like a different way of being. Mm, being. Yeah, that's instead it. Instead of doing, right? <laughs> that's it. That's it. Oh my goodness. Because when you were talking, when we were talking about the value just now, mm-hmm. it was the value is what you're going to create and becoming the creator, being yes. the creator at every level. Right? Totally. Totally. Okay. We didn't talk about nothing we said we was going to talk about, but that's okay. <laughs> I might have to have your ass on the podcast again. <laughs> there might be a part two to this, y'all, because we got started. We we only scratched the surface of what we said we was going to talk about. But I think it, I think it was a conversation worth having, though. Right. Like, mm-hmm. totally. Yes. Yeah. Totally. So tell us all the good things. How do they find you? How do they follow you? What all you, the things. You want them all the things. Tell us. Okay, I'll give you what's on the top of my head. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's jennifermorecoaching.com. Is that's my yes. website? You can follow me on Instagram at jennifermorecoaching, and I work with Christian coaches and executives to do just this to really break free from understanding what those obstacles are. Stop taking ownership for our epigenetics. <laughs> we can grieve it. We can accept it, and we can move on into our power, understanding, even this might be our part two, because we did a lot of this in our coaching, but like understanding even the, the scriptures that I would yes. use as an obstacle to my growth right. that I have unrightly aligned to, right? Not because mm-hmm. it's wrong, but because I don't see it rightly. So, yes. and I'm not using it to serve me as, as, as it has been given for me to do. So yeah, that's what I do. That's where you can find me. I love it. I think there's going to be a part two. If she would agree, there'll be a part two for sure. Absolutely. Oh, great. Great. Because we didn't even get into like, for sure. Like it was supposed to be (laughs) how thought work empowers Christian, you to be a Christian, which I know a lot of people, the way I cuss would be surprised at that conversation. They're like, Brick, talking about Christianity. Yes, honey. Yes. Yes, she is. Bring it. Bring it. I quote scripture and everything in my sessions. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Right. But I think what we said today was like valuable, like our value and what's driving us and understand and detaching from all of that is the most important thing. I think we, it's the gift. Like for me, it's like when I don't show up, when I don't manage my mind and I don't show up, I'm not helping some woman break free of Mm. that cycle. That's it. Period. Right? So good. That's it. Okay. Jennifer Moore, follow her. All right, guys, we'll do a part two for sure. I promise you we'll, we'll deal with the thing, but I love it. Thank you so much for tuning in and this series that we have. And if you want to be a part of 
the shift group that is coming up, be sure to get on the list and all my information will be on my website, brickjohnson.com. All right. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to take thought work even deeper with me as your guide, opportunities to work with me one-on-one are available. Go to brigjohnson.com to schedule your own personal breakthrough call. In 30 minutes, we'll see if working together is a great fit. brigjohnson.com, B-R-I-G-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. See you next time.